0: This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. Marches, protests, boycotts, sit-ins. These are nonviolent tactics that work and have done so in the past. Looting, vandalism the destruction of public property, intimidation tactics aimed at eliminating anything that might cause offense. These tactics of mobs and bullies may work in the short term, but they will only give rise to greater injustices in the long term. As Martin Luther King warned, violence creates many more social problems than it solves. If they succumb to the temptation of using violence in their struggle, unborn generations will be the recipients of a long and desolate night of bitterness, and our chief legacy to the future will be an endless reign of meaningless chaos. Unquote. George Floyd's death sparked the flame of outrage over racial injustice and police brutality. But political correctness is creating a raging inferno that threatens to engulf the nation. In Boston... Racial justice activists beheaded a statue of Christopher Columbus. Protesters in Richmond, Virginia, used ropes to topple the city's Columbus statue, spray-painted it, set it on fire, and tossed it into a lake. In San Francisco's Golden Gate Park, protesters tore down a statue of Francis Scott Key, who penned the Star-Spangled Banner. Key was also a slave-holding lawyer who tried to prosecute abolitionists vocally opposing slavery activists who object to Yale University being named after its founder, Elohu Yale, a slave trader, are lobbying to rename the school. Administrators at Woodrow Wilson High School in Camden, New Jersey, named after the nation's 28th president who guided the nation through World War I while upholding segregation policies, are now looking for a new name. The distributors of Aunt Jemima Pancake Syrup, Uncle Ben's Rice, and Miss Butterworth Syrup have announced plans to rebrand and rename their products in an effort to avoid perpetuating racist stereotypes. Not to be outdone, Dreyer's Ice Cream plans to retire the 99-year-old name for its Eskimo pie frozen confections on a stick because Eskimo, quote-unquote, has been denounced as a racist nomenclature used by colonizers to Arctic regions to refer to the Inuit and Yupik people, quote-unquote. Gone with the Wind, the Civil War epic that won 10 Academy Awards and has long been considered one of the greatest films of all times, was temporarily pulled from HBO Max's streaming service in response to concerns that it depicts ethnic and racial prejudices that were wrong then and are wrong today. Let me ask this question. What is the end sum of all these actions? What started as a movement to denounce police brutality in the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of police has become a free-for-all campaign to rid the country of any monument, literal or figuratively, to anyone who may have at any time in history expressed a racist thought, exhibited racist behavior, or existed within a so-called racist society. The police state, believe it or not, has got us exactly where it wants us, distracted, distraught, and divided. While protesters topple statues of men with racist pasts who are long dead, unarmed Americans continue to be killed by militarized police trained to shoot first and ask questions later. While activists use their collective might to pressure corporations to reban products in a more racially sensitive fashion, the American police state, aided and abetted by the corporate state, continues to disproportionately target blacks, Hispanics, and other minorities. And while politically correct censorship is attempting to sanitize the public sphere of words and images that denigrate minorities, it is not doing anything to rid hearts and minds of racism. Clearly, folks, what we need is more speech, more discourse, and a greater understanding of history and the evils perpetuated in the name of conquest, profit, and racial supremacy. Because if we bury the mistakes of the past under a sanitized present, if we fail to at least provide context to the past, we risk allowing the government to repeat those past mistakes rewritten for a new age, and no one will be the wiser. Censoring speech, toppling monuments, kowtowing to political correctness is not the answer to what ails this country. As long as we focus on words and ignore the systemic injustices that undergird the words, the disease will spread. As long as we continue to allow the most controversial issues of our day to serve as battlegrounds for those who claim to believe in freedom of speech, but only when it favors the views and positions they support, we will eventually lose. Silencing unpopular viewpoints with which the majority might disagree, whether it's by shouting them down, censoring them, muzzling them, or criminalizing them, only empowers the controllers of the deep state. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, the police state could not ask for a better citizenry than one that carries out its own censorship. So what can we do to end racial inequality? police brutality, and systemic injustice that does not involve sacrificing free speech on the altar of political correctness or adopting violent tactics. Stop tiptoeing around, easily offended or phrased to cause offense. Stop allowing the government and its architects to micromanage your life and curtail your freedoms. Stop being a pawn in someone else's game. Find your own voice. Give voice to your outrage. Speak truth to power nonviolently. And throughout all of this, love your enemies and put that love into action. That last point to love your enemies is the hardest of all. Yet it was the principle that Jesus Christ spoke of most often. This principle was also at the core of Martin Luther King Jr.'s efforts to combat racism and injustice. In fact, King delivered an entire sermon on what it means to love one's enemies, even when they continue to wrong you. Mind you, this was a man who, despite having faced down water cannons, police, dogs, and police brutality, intimidation and prejudice, and assassination attempts, still insisted that mass nonviolent resistance based on the principle of love was his best weapon. The first step in loving one's enemies, says King, is to discover the element of good in them. Second, focus on defeating evil systems rather than vanquishing individuals caught up in an evil system. Third, cut off the chain of hate and the chain of evil in the universe with love. As King proclaimed, men must see that force begets force, hate begets hate, toughness begets toughness. And it is all a descending spiral, ultimately ending in destruction for all and everybody. Finally, let me say this. Use love to redeem and transform those who would do you harm. Lastly, don't resort to violence. It only leads to more chaos and violence. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.